Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Um, anyway, we have been in this series of family, called Family Dynamics, and um, it's, it's been interesting. It's been a fun study for me, a little different, maybe a little different style than even I preach normally. And, and yet I, I've really enjoyed it, and it's, it's been eye-opening to me and even in my own family. But um, we've kind of connected it with this musical thing, because we know there's, there's dynamics in music, right? We know that. That's what makes music awesome. And uh, some of you that aren't musical, mus- could you turn me down just a little bit? I want to be able to talk louder if I could, Pastor Jared. Thank you. I can talk louder now. There's some things in um, music called dynamics that make music what it is, and you may, may or may not know that, but if they weren't there, the, the symphony just wouldn't sound good. And so we've been connecting those with family dynamics. Can, how many know there's a few family dynamics that go on in our lives? And there's a lot of them, and I can't cover them all at once. And so I'm kind of just throwing out some stuff and giving you some tools to take back and use in your own situation because they very, they very much are um, unique. Every person in here has different family dynamics, and you approach these things differently because of personality, history, background, all the above. And so I can't possibly cover everything. But what I want you to do is, is take some of the truths that we talk about and start applying them in those situations. You know, in our, in our worship music, and in every, every great piece of music, really, there is a certain tempo. And um, if you follow that tempo, it will put the song in this kind of like sweet spot of effectiveness. Songs should be effective. They should do something to us, whether emotionally or we just connect with them, right? And, and, and it's so powerful. Music's a powerful thing. It's one of the greatest things God's ever given us. But there's a sweet spot of tempo that, that has to kind of be found. And in our worship song specifically, we used to uh, struggle with starting and continuing to play songs, keeping that perfect tempo consistent. I mean, if Patrick up here gives us four clicks and it's way too fast and we are off to the races, we could sound like auctioneers up here trying to sing the song. Some of you have been in service and, whoa, I couldn't even get the words out. Well, that was probably a mistake by us even though we tried to keep smiling and act like nothing was wrong. Okay, that happens. There's sweet spots of tempo. And, and all songs can, I mean, songs can be slow, songs can be fast, and they can be medium speed. And we've, we've played songs way too fast and we've played them way too slow before. And it's, there, there's a pressure on the worship team sometimes, like when you're starting a song, whether it's the keyboard starting or the four clicks or whoever starts the guitar player, there's a pressure that you gotta get it just right because if you don't, you ruin the song. And let me tell you something about me being a musician. If you start too fast, man, it is hard to slow it down. It is really hard. And so you're just off to the races. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you never think about this, especially if you're not a musician or a vocalist, but the mood of the worship leader can make the tempo or speed of the song go a little goofy. If you're like really, really excited, the song can start going too fast. Isn't that true? So true. And if you are, uh, as a worship leader or a song leader, if you um, um, are tired or sad, it can make a song drag that you're leading and it just doesn't find that sweet spot of tempo. The weather can affect how a song is played by a musician. The weather affects how you guys worship sometimes. I've been doing this a long time. And when it's rainy and cloudy and everybody comes dragging in with their rear end on the ground, you know. It's like the worship team's job to 
pick them up. And we talk about that before service. We're like, yeah, there's kind of a mood in the, in the atmosphere today. Let's go out and just, let's, let's do it. You know, Let's get them off the ground and get them worshiping and praising God. There, there, there's a method to all of that stuff. And it's important that you know that and you understand that. There is a sweet and the spot of tempo and there's so many factors to set it and find it. And playing a song in that tempo is crucial to how that song is perceived by those who are listening to it. I wanna give you a little illustration before this morning and I asked the worship team to stay up here. Um, you may not know this, but the worship team has started, and you may know it, started playing to tracks, click tracks a few, uh, several months ago. And what a click track is, is when we have those things in our ears, it goes That's what it does, so we can keep the tempo just right. And um, it, we can predetermine it and make sure it's perfect, and in practice we're like, oh, speed that one up a couple beats per measure, or a couple beats per minute, or slow it down a couple beats per minute. And we find that perfect tempo and we set it, and then I push a button up over here on the iPad, and it starts in our ears. And it may sound like cheating for us a little bit, but. This is how everyone seems to be doing it in church and all over, actually in bands that you go watch in concerts, they're using them too, just to stay on track. And I thought it would be cool to hear what we hear, and, and normally you don't hear the but Pastor Jared's gonna turn that up in, in a little bit and you're gonna hear what we hear. So the worship team would, would play real quick. Um, I, I, want, I want you to play the song and, and we're gonna play My Jesus and you can sing along, you don't have to stand up, but I'm just gonna stand over here and we're gonna play My Jesus. So go ahead and start that. Give us a little click in the speakers. Two, verse one, two. That's what we hear. Sing it out now. too fast right isn't it interesting when you play a song too fast it turns into country <laughs> and some of you like that so you're like why do we do that one all the way like, yeah I love that yeah we're in southern Iowa we like it country style <laughs> that's awesome you know play that again play a slow one Are you
can't take it. It's going to put everybody to sleep. <laughs> obviously, that was too slow. And obviously, there's a right tempo, a sweet spot for the, for the speed in which we need to play a song. And it's no different with our family dynamics. We must find the tempo that is best for the symphony of our family. Give the worship team a hand as they go. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to listen to one, two, three, here we go, you know, in our ears. Ah, families are the building blocks of every society. No culture can function without strong families. As the family goes, so goes the society. As the family goes, so goes the nation. And remember, the family is God's invention. He designed it, so we must make him the center of our family life if we're going to have success in our families. And I wonder if there's anything more destructive to the family than fast tempo, or let's just call it plain old busyness. As the saying goes, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, right? That's a subtle way to slowly kill a family. Just increasing the tempo or the pace just a little at a time until life feels like a runaway train that you just can't stop. Do you ever feel like this in your family dynamics? It's just a runaway, a runaway train. It's kind of like this commercial that I saw one time. did a bang-up job on putting you in charge of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. I know it's perfect, Peter. That's why I picked Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's perfect. Peter, may I call you Pete? Call me Pete. Pete. There's a Mr. Schnittler here to see you. Call to wait 15 seconds. Can you wait 15 seconds? I'll wait 15 seconds. Congratulations on your deal in Denver, Dave. I'm putting you down to deal with Dallas. Don, is it a deal? Do we have a deal? It's a deal. I got to go. I got a call coming in. Hi, Doc. Just dealt with Don. In this fast-moving, high-pressure, get-it-done-yesterday world, Aren't you glad there's one company that can keep up with it all? You got a deal, good. I'm putting you down to deal with Dick. Dick, what's the deal with the deal? Are we dealing? We're dealing. Dave, it's a deal with Don, Dork, and Dick. Dork, it's a deal with Dave, Dick, and Dave. Don, it's a Dork with Dick, Dave, and Dave. Gotta go, Dave. Disconnecting. Gotta go, Dick. Disconnecting. Gotta go, Dan. Disconnecting. Federal Express. When it absolutely, positively has to be there overnight. Fast talker, and he was saying words. I don't know if the sound system really did it justice, but you, you get what I'm saying. Fast, 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 fast. Just so fast-paced that you can't. It's like that runaway train. You just can't stop it. And there's another thing that's just as destructive to the family. It's plain old slothfulness. Turn to your neighbor and say slothfulness. That's a hard word to say. That's why I thought I'd make you say it, because I have to say it. This is all the way in the other direction from busyness. When we aren't active in what we should be active in doing, it can give the devil a foothold in our lives. As the saying goes, idle hands are the devil's workshop. When the tempo gets too slow, we can get stuck in that place of being unproductive, and it's hard to get things moving again. Maybe you feel like this in your family dynamics. I saw a commercial it's, light. Uh, yeah. A, a small finger, a, a worm. Like a, a dagger. A uh, tiny sword. A bread, a bread stick. Matchstick. A lamppost. Um, coin slot. No. no. Ten uh, seconds. A stick, um, a walking stick, a boundary, Mount Kilimanjaro, big time. Sorry. It's a 
tandem bicycle. What? What? As long as sloths are slow, you can count on Geico saving folks money. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It's almost hard to watch, right? It's like singing that song too slow, it's just hard. Like the, the sloth is like... No, it's not coin slot. <laughs> now there's probably gonna be a little crossover here from some of the previous messages in this series. Understand, we have a conductor who is more than willing to help us just set the right temple as individuals. And it's a perfect temple for our specific fa excuse me, family. That conductor's name is Jesus, by the way. And setting boundaries in reference to our time also plays a major role in maintaining that sweet spot of tempo that we function best in. And how many know we all function best at different tempos? God knows you. He knows everything about you, and he can help you set the best tempo for you. And it's important to understand that and know that. And let's be real. Most of us are probably not living to the extremes in our tempos, but we all could use some adjusting, maybe a little slowing down or a little speeding up. And we could even break this down a little bit, and maybe there are areas in your family dynamics that need speeding up while other areas need to slow down a bit. It could, be, it could be different areas need different adjustments. Everyone's different, but a healthy introspection is a positive thing, especially if you're bold and courageous enough to ask yourself some tough questions and then are honest enough to answer them truthfully and make some adjustments. You know what the most dangerous person in the room is, who the most dangerous person in the room is? It's a person who doesn't know what they don't know. Being self-aware is a rare thing. Asking yourself those questions, having that mirror talk. Maybe you're building yourself up in the mirror, but maybe you're just being honest with yourself sometimes too. Say, look, you need to settle down. Having a little introspection is a good thing. So, so I, have, I have two questions for you to ask yourself this morning in regard to the tempo you have set within your family. And, and please realize that I can't, again, I can't cover every scenario this morning, so I'm purposely going to be vague in tying these to specific situations. You'll need to do that yourself. But how many are, of you are big boys and girls and you can do that yourself? You don't need anybody to spoon feed you. So anyway, number one, question to ask yourself. Is it time to slow down? I want you to imagine, everybody close your eyes for a second. I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine a place, a beautiful place, it's peaceful. There's a cool stream of water running over the top of some rocks, just, just enough to create that perfect sound. It's moving through a, a forest, that, that stream is, a, a jungle of sorts, and, and there are perfectly placed plants full of perfect fruit and vegetables. There are birds chirping, and there are no pesky insects at all. The animals are so tame that they all eat out of your hand. There are no roads or vehicles, no sounds at all, just, just the peaceful, tranquil sound of the breeze gently moving the leaves and the trees and a little bit of water moving over those rocks. There are no schedules. There are no deadlines. There are no bills to pay. There are no needs, needs or worries of any kind. This is a place of complete provision. There is work to do and, the, and things to accomplish, but that work is, is not toilsome. It's actually enjoyable, and you never run out of time to accomplish it. There is never a sick day, never a feeling of, of being overly tired, never a moment in which you feel completely, uh, that you don't feel completely wrapped up in love. This place provides complete security. 
There are no anxious feelings, no stress, no conflict, no loneliness, no fighting, just complete peace and complete fulfillment physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Sound like a good place? I'm talking about the Garden of Eden. And I haven't even scratched the surface of what it truly was. Words cannot begin to describe it, church. And yet we forget that this is the place in which God first put and placed the family. This was his design for the family, a place like that. If you're still closing your eyes, you don't have to anymore. I don't want you to fall asleep on me. I'll start talking real fast, and then you won't know what I'm saying because I'm talking real fast. I, I can't beat that guy. Have you ever stopped and just contemplated all that God desired for humanity when he first placed them in this world? And wow, I think about that place. And I, just, I was sitting in my backyard the other day just meditating on that place, what it would have been like. And wow, how far have we drifted from his perfect design? And all we know, and, and we all know, I'm sorry, that, that it was, it was hum, humanity's choice to sin that detoured us down a path that we were never supposed to or never created to go down. But here we are, stressed out, overworked, our priorities are all screwed up, extracurricular activities driving our schedule to extremes, no time for the important things, depression running wild, anxiety off the charts, no sense of peace. People living from crisis to crisis, so much in fact that we almost find it hard to function without some crisis in our life. Most of us live in a place that is the polar opposite of peace and tranquility, and yet God, God's word tells us in Psalms 46.10, the first part of the verse says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. When you leave here today, if the only thing you remember about attending this morning's service is this simple verse, then it will have been a successful service in my opinion. Let's put it into the context of our everyday lives just a little bit. When we make decisions regarding our families, big or small decisions, whether it's about where you live, where you work, how you're going to discipline your child when they act up, how you spend money, what activities you are going to be a part of as a family, I could, I could literally list things all day long. Again, I can't get to everything. But the point is this, before you decide anything, be still and know that he is God. Before you react, be still and know that he is God. Then you'll find yourself responding instead of reacting. Quiet yourself and listen to your heavenly father. He absolutely desires to speak to your heart and lead you in everything. Find a place where you can escape the noise of this life for a few minutes and let him be your God in your life. Let him lead you, counsel you, encourage you. Let him set the tempo of your life decisions as your, as your heavenly conductor. You gotta slow down to do that. Every great symphony has moments that slow down to give the music some space so the ones who are listening to it can take it all in and absorb it. And sometimes we run around in, in such a frenzy that, that those who should be listening to our life song look somewhere else for their musical pleasure because we're just loud and too fast and noisy. Why should they listen? And this is especially true for those in our own families. Who better to practice being, 
or who better to practice being still and knowing he is God than you within your own family? You can't change everyone else, how many know that? But you can change you. So take personal responsibility for yourself and let those moments of being still and knowing he is God mold you into the kind of person that changes the atmosphere wherever you go, especially in your home, especially when you're around your families. And for those of you who are gung-ho in all you do, those of you who are driven in your work ethic because you have a passion to succeed and make a difference in this world, don't forget to slow it down a bit. Trying to make things happen without God doesn't ever really pan out. Ask Abraham and Sarah about that one. Oh, God, you promised me I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have descendants as numerous as the stars. Okay, I'm waiting. Okay, I'm still waiting. Oh, I guess I got to do something else to make this happen. So um, Sarah's like, hey, you can have my maidservant. I think Donnie, Pastor Donnie talked about this a couple weeks ago. Here's my maidservant. Let's get her done this way. Working in their own power because they never maybe took the time to be still and know that he is God and wait on him. You fast-paced people, you need to slow down a bit. You need to let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Acts 4.13 says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I'll give you a little uh, uh, context to that. They just healed a, a, a crippled man at the, at the gate called Beautiful. And they were, they were basically talking to the people about what just had happened, how God had had done this through them, how Jesus would, had been crucified and, and, and all this. And, and then the religious leaders came to them and, and were like questioning them, how could you do this? And he's like, man, you, you guys crucified him. We did this in Jesus' name. He was, he was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. You guys put him to death. And then, the, and then as, as they were talking, those religious leaders took note that they had been with Jesus. What's my point? My point is if you will take time to be still and know that he is God, spend some time with Jesus, the decisions you make will be great decisions, especially in regards to your family. We just want to quickly make a decision to move on to the next thing. Fast, 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 fast. When you go to that place, that quiet place with just you and Jesus, when you are still before him and you allow him to be your God in your life, even the enemies of God have to take note and respect the fact that you've been with Jesus. And you will exponentially increase your potential to be successful in everything you do. The truth of the matter is this, most Christians in America don't have a clue as what being still actually means. They compartmentalize their lives and they and their faith is just another compartment. When you let your faith in Christ and you let his truth rule over you, you will experience momentary glimpses of the tranquility and peace that he intended for you in the first place, like back in the Garden of Eden. You'll have moments of that. You'll have, you'll have times where it's just like overwhelming, that, that peace that passes all human understanding, as the Word of God says. But of course... That's too hard for most of us because we are too full of pride to let go of the controls. We gotta move, 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 move. And remember this, living life with a fast tempo 
is not necessarily wrong, but it's certainly not always right either. Your wheels may be moving really fast, but that could just mean you're stuck in the mud. Let him help you set the tempo. Take the time to be still and know that he is God. Slow it down and take a rest. And by the way, if God decided it was good for him to rest after creating for six days, who do you think you are being the person who never takes a break? And guess what? I'm preaching to myself right now. Why are you able to function without taking a Sabbath once a week? I was coming to church this morning at 8 o'clock, and there was a concrete truck at one of my neighbor's houses putting in curbs or, you know, uh, those, those uh, I don't know what you call them. Um, Matt, you have them around your flower beds. What are they called? Curbs? Edging, curbs, edging, and all that. They are putting them in this morning. I thought, Sunday? Give it a rest, people. You can get more done in six days and a rest than you can get done in seven days without one. Guaranteed. And these things directly affect your family dynamics. There's no way they can't. We must not let any area of our lives become a runaway train. If, if it's time for you to slow down, just be still and know that he is God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think that was for you. So question number one was, do I need to slow it down? Is it time to slow it down? Question number two, do I have a need for speed? <laughs> the only thing worse than going too fast is going too slow. And admittedly, most people struggle with too fast-paced a tempo, but there are, however, those that tend to move a bit sluggardish. And we're created to be doers. How many know that? God created us to be doers. We're created to be productive. We're on this earth to build his kingdom until he returns. I said earlier that idle, idle hands are the devil's workshop. That saying comes from the Living Bible's paraphrased version of Proverbs 16:27. It literally says, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Proverbs 13:4 says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Proverbs 26, 13 through 15 says, I love this, loafers say it's dangerous out there. Tigers are prowling the streets and then pull the covers back over their head. Just as a door turns on its hinges, so a lazy bones turns back over in bed. A shiftless sluggard puts his fork in the pie but is too lazy to lift it to his mouth. I mean, that's pretty descriptive stuff, isn't it? And there are dozens upon dozens of scriptures that deal with being a sluggard, being slothful. They warn against laziness and refer to it as sin even. Jesus taught about it when he talked about the parable of the talents. Three servants were given charge over monies while their master was away. Two of them invested and both received a return on their investment. The other one buried it for fear of losing it. And when the master returned, he blessed the two that had invested. But listen to what, he, what the master said to the one who did nothing, who was lazy, who was slothful. He said this in Matthew 25, 26, and 27. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops and didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest on it. Again, Doing nothing. Notice he called them lazy and, and wicked. 
Again, doing nothing, sticking your head in the sand when it comes to making decisions within your family, within those relationships, within doing things, just kind of being a loafing on the couch. How many have ever loafed on the couch? I don't even know if that's a real thing, but I made it up. Loafing on the couch, it's pretty descriptive. You just sit there like a big old bread loaf. What does a bread loaf do? Nothing. It just sits there. It's kind of soft, and it's kind of just sits there. And it gets dried up and hard after a while, doesn't it? And moldy. And then it crumbles in your couch cushions. And then, oh, I'm just getting way off here now, so. Don't be a loaf! <laughs> Letting life happen to you just pinballing around, not letting your life song play at a tempo worth listening to, that's gonna create all sorts of goofy family dynamics. Again, it's important to find that pace, that right pace, not too fast, not too slow, balance. And that's why, again, being still and knowing that he is God, you'll find that balance, whether you're going too fast and even if you're going too slow. Going too slow can result in poor health if all you do is sit around and aren't active. Laziness can produce a lack of opportunities, a lack of money because of an unwillingness to work. Living out life at too slow a tempo can even become the catalyst that leads you down the road of horrific sin. Some people might think I'm being a little extreme by that, but King David learned that the hard way. 2 Samuel 11, one through two. Look at this, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, what was he supposed to be doing? Going off to war. David sent Joab out instead. With the king's men and the whole Israelite army, they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Verse 2. One evening, David got up from his bed, walked around to the roof of the palace, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and you know the rest of the story. Think of the family dynamics that were created because King David decided to be lazy one time. He ended up committing adultery. He slept with another man's wife. Then he tried to cover, it up, his, cover up his sin and the pregnancy that his sin had caused. By, and he tried to do that by orchestrating a romantic night for her and her real husband, her, her husband. And out, out of honor, her husband, Uriah, refused because the other men on the battlefield didn't get to be with their wives, so why should he? Then David made sure that Uriah was at the front of the battle where he'd be killed, which he was. David murdered, he plotted, he lied, he stole another man's wife, he lusted with his eyes and he acted on his fleshly desires and it all would have been avoided if he hadn't made the choice to stay home and be lazy. By the way, Bathsheba's baby, the one that King David impregnated her with, died. Those are some family dynamics. They're all throughout the Bible. Think of the drama, the pain, the suffering, the eventual repentance that David had to go through. How many love to repent? I mean, it's good to repent, right? But if you have to repent, it's because you've sinned. And sometimes that's difficult to go to the Father and just lay it all. He had to go through this deep repentance for what he had done. And even the missed opportunities he created for himself, David wasn't allowed to build the temple. 
The Bible says he had shed too much blood, and no doubt some of that blood was Uriah's and the lives and the and the and the lies lives that his laziness created. He changed people's lives with his laziness. Can I just say something, church? If you're a sluggard and you're lazy within your decision-making process, within your families, you could be changing your family's futures if you're not careful. You could be setting the pace too slow on that creates something in your children and your children's children that is not healthy and is not good. Tempo's important. When you put that act of being a sluggard, too slow-tempoed into our family dynamics. They have far-reaching effects. And maybe you have the need for some speeding up when it comes to taking initiative and praying as a family or reading the Word of, of God as a family. I don't know what your situation calls for. Maybe you need to have more times where you just sit and have conversation and you need to speed up the tempo a little bit in that compartment because no one in your house communicates. I'll never forget, and Alyssa and I come from completely opposite families. She was, uh, came to my house for the first time to meet my family. Was that the same time we got snowed in for Thanksgiving? It was a little bit after that, but we got snowed in there too, and that was, that was not a happy day for her. My family, loud. Everybody's yelling at everybody. I mean, is there good in that? Sure. Nobody's feeling, you, know, you don't wonder what anybody's thinking, because they say it. Like, the moment they think it, it comes out their mouth. And that's, that's not good, right? And yet, there is some good stuff to that. Her family, they don't talk about stuff like that. We don't talk about Bruno. No, we don't, they just didn't talk. And so you have, you have both sides of that, where, where sometimes in her family, because they were controlled in their speech, which is a good thing, right? But later, feelings would sit there and they wouldn't be expressed, and pretty soon they blow up. Too slow-paced tempo in conversating, in talking, in communicating. In my family, too fast-paced tempo. Let's just get them out there right now. How many know balance is so good? You just gotta walk in that balance. And again, you'll never know what that is unless you spend some time with God. Maybe the tempo that Jesus, the conductor, is trying to set for you plays out in doing more things that affect the kingdom of God and doing fewer things that merely entertain the flesh. Again, I can't get into everything, but you, you, you can only answer the question of whether or not you need to speed up in some areas. Only you can answer that and really identify those areas. And this morning, what, what I've tried to do, and my time is running out, but I've tried to give you two ends of the spectrum. The pendulum often is, one, is, is to one extreme or the other. And um, God calls us to be balanced, church in the different areas of our life. It's about some introspection, for sure. We gotta look at ourselves and be honest. Taking that hard look at ourselves and making some adjustments. And there's no better place to start than by reading the manual. You know, our conductor is Jesus. How many know that? I've said it many times. He's our conductor. He, how many know the conductor sets the tempo? And if the brass section over here starts rushing, they get off from this section over here. That's, that starts happening, I think, within our families on, on, on a small scale. This person's going too fast, this person's going too slow. Or it happens in a church family. This, these people want to move quick, these people want to kick back and just, just be slow. It, but if we're all following the same conductor, 
There's a perfect temple. There's a sweet spot, and you'll just go, whew, in everything God wants you to do. That's the place to live. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes decisions. It takes um, being honest with yourself. You certainly can't pinball your way to that. It takes effort. And giving you these two areas, these two uh, spectrums, so to speak, these far ends of the spectrum. And um, reading the manual is just reading the Bible. He is literally, Jesus is literally the Word of God in the flesh. He is the personification of the Word of God. He is the Word. So if you want to find the temple for you and your family, follow the conductor, read the Word of God. Read it. And the key is balance. Not to be too fast, not to be too slow, to speed up when needed in specific areas of our life and to slow down when it's time to do so. You know, great conductors, they'll go like this, and then they'll, they'll speed up, and then they'll slow back down. And then they'll speed up over here and slow back down. That's what creates that energy in the music that just takes you away to another place. And it's such a great picture for how we run our lives, especially within our families. If your life is a symphony and Jesus is the conductor, we must also recognize that God is also the creator of the musical score. He wrote our song. He wrote your song before you ever started to live it. And when we decide to play it or live it without regard to him as the author and the finisher, the conductor, then our life song will be noise and it won't be beautiful. Our family life will be noisy and it won't be beautiful. I don't know about you, but I want my life song. I love that Casting Crown song. Let my life song sing to you. I want my life song to sing to Jesus as an offering. I want it to be this, my life to be this, this thing that just is like the symphony, that, the, the perfect symphony that Jesus wrote for me in my life. He wrote a symphony for your life. It's different than mine. It's different than everybody else's, but he wrote it for you. And he says, come on, just follow me in the right tempo and we'll make some awesome music together with your life. The dynamics will be perfect. They'll work out. They'll be good. Does that make sense? I want that because I don't like fast-paced, crazy. How many would say this this morning? Would you close your eyes just and bow your heads? How many would say this by, by show of hands? How many are just living in a too, your, your tempo's just too fast and you need to slow it down and be still and know that he is God? I mean, just be honest today. Maybe it's not your whole life, maybe it's just certain areas. Just too fast paced and you gotta slow it down. There's hands all over the place, okay? Awesome. How many need to pick up the tempo a little bit in some areas? Man, I've been a little slothful. There's hands going up all over for that too. See, it, it, it's just, how many could do both in different areas. Speed up in some areas and slow down in others. There's just as many hands there, if not more. So this is something that's important for us to do. Find that sweet spot of tempo. Let him lead you. Let him guide you in that. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you, God, that you constantly are reminding us as a body to follow you 
to walk hand in hand with you, to let you lead, to give you the controls of our life. God, to lay down the pride and stop gripping everything so hard, trying to be in control ourselves. Lord, we give you the tempo of our lives. We give, especially in the areas of family. God, so many things can, so many dynamics can be created or, or avoided if we just follow the right tempo. God, we commit to you today as a congregation that we will follow you, we will make you our conductor, we will consult you, we will be still and know that you are God and we won't be sluggards. We'll find that sweet spot of balance. And God, I pray for every person's family who's listening today, whether they're at home or whether they're here physically. God, that you just begin to take what was the Garden of Eden and place it in our homes once again, where peace and tranquility reign. Help us, God, to change the things that we can change and help us understand the things that we can't. We just give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.